0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, welcome to Health Check. I'm Joyce Teo, a senior health correspondent with The Straits Times. Welcome to our 100th episode, where we will talk about happy ageing as we attempt to debunk common ageing myths. Well, the timing is apt as Singapore has just launched an updated action plan for successful ageing to help Singaporeans live life to the fullest as they age. The focus is on community initiatives. So Health Minister Ong Kang, who helms the Ministerial Committee on Aging, said ground-up initiatives and collaborations, as well as active participation by all, are all very important. Well, the action plan is not just for the older adults of today, but those of tomorrow. After all, Singapore has one of the fastest aging populations in the world, where it is estimated that one in four will be aged 65 and older by 2030, and this group may become one in two by 2050. So today, ageing is often viewed somewhat negatively. And granted, who wants a long life when one is not happy, right? So I've invited a psychiatrist and ageing expert, Professor Kwa lee Hyok, to help debunk some ageing myths, some of which prevents us from embracing ageing positively and about how to think happy as we age. Prof Kwa is 74. He's the Tan yo in Professor in Psychiatry and Neuroscience at the National University of Singapore. He's also a former CEO and Medical Director of the Institute of Mental Health. He has written research papers on subjects ranging from ageing to addiction, along with folks on psychiatry, dementia, depression and stress. And his special interests include psychological disorders in old OH, age, including dementia and depression. Hi, Prof Kwa. Welcome to Health Check. Thank you very much, Joyce. I realized i I'm the 100th guest yes. for your very special podcast. Uh, yes, we hope to talk about how to live well until we are 100. I mean, if people reach that age. Let's start with talking about how ageing is like, right? So tell us, why is ageing now viewed more negatively than in the past? Like, you know, what happened along the way as our lifespan increased? I think in the past, there were very
1: few people who lived beyond 70, 80. And so when someone is old, uh, the community had tremendous respect. I see my own family, when my grandmother passed at 80, the neighbours and friends will come and say, wow, this is a wonderful person, longevity, you know. But now, there are so many people who pass 80, 90, 100. And the perception would be that these people will demand a lot on the health services. You know? And uh, therefore, there's so, so much negativity. In fact, I told one of the ministers, next time you want to talk about ageing, don't go and visit old people, old people's home." then the, the audience will see, oh, ageing equals frailty. And also, ageing uh, means that you are, are no longer of economic value to the country. And so this, this is a very sensitive issue for lots of people on how they see um, themselves as growing old, you know. And if you have a situation, a society that uh, respects you because of your economic value, then we demean the whole humanity that we see ourselves. What's this person all about, you know? And so over the years, this has been going on. And uh, while it's very good to see the, this morning's papers that Minister mentioned the services we have, and I think this should also be the the good part of the story. You know, for example, the, the Ministry of Health say that ten percent of people above sixty have dementia, which also means that ninety percent don't have dementia. But that part of the story has never been portrayed, you know.
0: That's true. Many people are afraid of getting dementia, right? When they age, right. they think that right. it might happen, like there's a high chance of that That's happening. Right.
1: Right. Someone told me as we grow old, there are three Ds, uh, dementia, depression, and being decrepit, you know. Uh, so dementia is the most frightening illness of their lives because you cannot remember your friends, you cannot remember your own name, In you know? there's almost no human existence. But then we realize that there are various stages of, of dementia, yeah. Uh, we published the first paper in the world on the natural history of dementia. If you have dementia, how long can you live? Almost 30 years ago, when I was doing research at Cambridge University, I asked a professor and he told me that if you diagnose someone with dementia, the person will die in five years. But still not true. You know, we started the first memory clinic in Singapore you know, in 1990 with massive data in NUH. Realised that the, uh, the average duration is about 12 years now in Singapore. Six years when you are very mild, three years when you are a bit more disturbed, moderate phase, and the final stage, three years when you are more severe. So the six years in which you are mild, there are many things that can be done to prevent a deterioration. And if you continue, it can go on for a long period of time. So I look after a Malay school teacher. We're now for... 21 years, you know, with very good quality of life, even went to Mecca with a family. So there are a lot of things we can do. Uh, it's not all bleak and all pessimistic about having dementia. And something that we need to educate the public.
0: I see. So you can actually lengthen that six years. You That's can't right. stop it. but right. to yeah. right. So is that like an average time frame that now, given what we know about dementia today? So
1: the big research in the world now is... The phase before dementia is called mild cognitive impairment. When people become a bit forgetful, cannot remember certain things, that phase is, is can be three or four years. If you don't do anything, you'll topple over into dementia. So it's very important to do something about it. Firstly, we we found from our NUH memory clinic that dementia is linked to hypertension and diabetes. Fifteen years ago, when I presented some of the data in North America, there was not enough evidence, although I told my colleagues in North America that, hey, there seemed to be a link. But now, the overwhelming information now that there's a link. So the first part of it, when people come to my clinic, I'll tell them that we will help you stabilize your hypertension and diabetes. So if you're stabilized, then it's wonderful. If you don't stabilize the hypertension high blood pressure, they may have a stroke in the brain and that part of the brain will die. And also we teach them about falls prevention. If it will fall, you knock, knock a part of the brain, then it's more disastrous for you. And then we discuss with them also your diet. So it's not just a, a pill. The, the management of dementia is not taking a pill, you know, but also a lifestyle. And, and then uh, in a Singapore study, we told them that exercise is very important. Exercise not only good for your brain, but also for your heart and you know, various things. But also the study is exciting here in Singapore. We introduce things like art therapy, music, choir singing and gardening. It's very, very right, helpful.
0: You. Do you do gardening yourself?
1: Yes, I yeah. enjoy gardening.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so talk about so you know when you get old, I mean, you know, there's all this talk about taking care of yourself physically, right? What about the mental aspect of it? Yes. I wanna to emphasize
1: to your audience here, the bigger problem in Singapore or around the world, or mental health of old people, it's not dementia, it's depression. And depression, the prevalence in Singapore and other parts was almost double that of dementia. So, And depression has a uh, mortality, suicide. And the suicide of elderly people in Singapore is still high. And there are many things we can do. For example, in the Jurong study we found that um, we can almost half the prevalence of, of Depression is during studies almost ten percent. We have it just about five percent, you know. Because one of these problems that loneliness, you know. So we bring them down together, they sing together, they exercise together, they do mindfulness. There's a lot of of a
0: social connectivity that's very helpful for them, you know. Right, that's what I wanted to ask you as well, because the government just launched the action plan, right? And it emphasizes community initiatives. But you know, you talk about getting people out, how do you reach out to those who refuse to participate. I mean, I was just thinking, like, some people who are real introverts, you know, mm-hmm. you have all these activities, but they may not go and join them, right?
1: Well, that's a very uh, relevant question now, because we realise that in many of these community programmes, or the day centres, uh, the converts will come. They are very active people, you know, but a large number of people are living alone, are uh, more introverted, you know. And even for the various day centres in Singapore, you find that there are more women than men. The men are not too eager to participate. So in Singapore now, there's a programme called Age Well Every Day, you know. Uh, it is a, the first program in Singapore and Asia on dementia prevention. And we encounter exactly the same problem that you mentioned, that there are many people who don't want to come down. So what we've done is in the original study, we would ask the nurse to knock on the door of everybody who are 60 years and above around our research center. So it's a very tedious, rigorous way of doing research. And then we invite them to come down. Uh, it was done at the Jurong Point Shopping Mall. There's a centre called Training and Research Academy, you know, a space given to us by the Lee Kim Ta family. So they're a wonderful place. They come for lunch, we talk to them, then we introduce some programmes to them. So that's a good way. And we also, because they get kind to of travel by bus, we give them a, a small token to compensate for the expenditure. Even that, if we were to roll it out to other parts of Singapore, Yunus, Tampines, we found that once again, lots of people are more reluctant to come down. So we've done something very interesting. It's the first study in the world done at Yunos. A friend of mine, he bought 25 handphones and said, I'll give to all the old people in your centres. And every week, we'll send a message about health, about diabetes, hypertension, what is dementia, uh, even about gardening. Uh. So this group is growing very well now. So not only just once a week, they found that twice a week, even three times, and, and every morning they try and communicate to one another. I'm part of the group also, it's all in Malay. It's a Malay group. So, assalamu alaykum in the morning. Wonderful. Yeah. And Hariraya, they tell uh, each other where to buy the food and all that. So, there's, uh, this link is very important. We realise that especially in the pandemic, you know, many people live alone. So, in the study we did, we found that all people begin to care for one another, especially the young old, those between 65 to 74, begin to care for those who are 75 and above. And this kind of sense of compassion and empathy it's something wonderful.
0: So they don't really meet. They communicate through messages.
1: So that's what the handphones. Yes, yeah. right. Since the government lifted the uh, staying at home rules, we try and encourage them to come down once a month. Mm-hmm. Right. But other groups still carry on once a week. Yeah. Mm,
0: that's right. interesting okay that's uh, the way forward this that's, right. Even Using that's right making use of that's technology right. that's right <laughs> right <laughs> so Prof I mean like it's been a while you've been looking at ageing right is that an ageing myth that you constantly have to debunk mm. when I was even as a medical student people believe that the brains stops growing when you are
1: 40 years old but it's not true. Now we realise that the brain cells continue to grow. It's a very important idea uh, so that people are encouraged to learn new things. Right? Even listening to this uh, podcast now, the brain is trying to absorb the information. Yeah? So this is one of the areas. Another area, people think that um, once you, gr- you grow old, you have no economic value. So at one time, retirement age was 60 And then I was 62. Mm. And when it was 62, the the Ministry of Manpower, uh, an official rang me and said, is it true from your research that almost 90% of people are still physically healthy? I said, yes. Oh, we're thinking of pushing the retirement to 65. I said, you should push it to 67. You're right? Because people are still very healthy. And... um, if someone were to retire, in you know, sixty-two, retire retire sixty-three, he begin to think that I'm growing old now. I may slow down. But you push the retirement age to sixty five. Those sixty-four still think they're active. So retirement age is set up the milestone it has a certain impact on the psychology of people growing old, you know. Once you retire, you say, Oh, I can't do anything now. But you tell them you push on to
0: sixty seven, those at sixty six are still very, very active. I see, I mean, it used to be a good thing, right? People want to retire. So I think in today's age, we shouldn't even have the retirement age then. Yeah, I agree with you. You know Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should be able to decide, right? For yes, yourself. Right, exactly. Based sure, on your sure, health, sure, work as sure, long as you want. Yeah. So someone asked about uh, depression. The job
1: gives you a social status, you know. But once you're out of it, you know, you're no longer the CEO or the chairman. You know, uh, uh, taking away that, that status itself affects the self-esteem of the person. The only reason that people drift into... Loneliness and the depression. There's no more, longer a role in the family, but the women often have a role in the family because the women looked after the their uh, grandchildren. Still a role, you know the, uh, So how we see ourselves is how also our persona, how the society perceives. us.
0: So how do you think we can shift the mindset on aging then? Mm. And what can be done, you know, yeah. So I think
1: first education is is a very very important, preeminent. It's, that's why we're doing this program. And also, I think whenever at programs on elderly people, which have healthy elderly people, you know, because they have said, even there are 10% of people with a dementia, 90% don't have dementia. Now, the good news is that the big study at Jurong, we found that with our programs, we can half it. It's no longer 10%. The Jurong study, only 5%, all right? If it's 10%, about Singapore today, 100,000 people with dementias. That's huge, 100,000, you know. But if you can do something to prevent it and bring it down to 50,000, it's manageable, although it's still big, you know. So there are many things we can do. I remember when I first, um, almost 40 years ago now, I told a friend of mine in the university, I'm going to apply for a scholarship to, to Harvard on geriatrics. Thank like, goodness! Why aging? You know, it is so bleak and so pessimistic and so pathetic. You know, no one is going to do aging. You know, and it's very difficult at one time to recruit people to do geriatrics. Yeah, you know? so even forty years ago, is it was difficult to get people to do psychiatry. Yeah, you know? so it's a double whammy: you do psychiatry and do geriatrics. So it's good to to have to tell people the good news and what they can do. You know, a lot of we can still, only do research, we can improve the quality of life of, of seniors. And I think many of the, the reasons why there's so much of, of, of depression among old people, one is, is how society perceives them, you know. yeah. I wrote a novel, uh, it's called Listening to Letter from America. Heard of this novel?
0: Yes, it's wow. used in the university. That's <laughs> the right, it's used in Harvard University. Course,
1: yes. Right, um, it's a story of a Singaporean seniors who survived the Second World War and how they see themselves. It's a true story. I look after an elderly Indian man, who was about 80, and he told me, doctor, they respect you because you're young, you're doing something. So in my youth, I defended Singapore against the Japanese invaders, but, but now nobody cares about me, you know. So how we feel respect, uh, appreciate what people have done in, a, in, a, in the past, they'll be tremendous in terms of lifting up the self-esteem of our seniors,
0: you know. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now back to my conversation with Professor Kwai Hyok on aging and how to live life to the fullest as we age. So, Prof, give us some tips on how to stay happy as we age. Well, stay healthy it will be not too difficult. Stay happy is the second thing altogether. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right, but
1: that's the key, right? Right, right, right. So staying healthy, first, most important is education. Yeah. So in the H2L everyday program, the first part is education. So people are often worried about dementia, memory problem. So we often take, tell them it's linked to our physical health. You can't compartmentalize them. So you have uh, hi- hypertension, diabetes, maintain them. Your diet, maintain them. And, and then secondly, Keep yourself active, you know, exercise. There are a lot of parks in Singapore, you know, and it's, it's wonderful, you know. Don't have to run, don't have to go to the gym, just go to exercise and walk in the parks, you know. Uh, so exercise is very important. And besides that, you have an interest, in our know. The music study came out because um, some years ago, I was look up looking after a, a doctor. He was having very early dementia and he was a bit disturbed. And um, the wife rang me and said, uh, can you drop in to see my husband? He's so disturbed, you know. So I went to his condominium. I found that he was very quiet, but the background was the music of the Beethoven Moonlight Sonata. He was listening attentively to it. So I asked him, what is that music that you seem to be so keen on? He said, it reminded me of London in 1950s. He was one of the earliest Singaporeans to be trained as a surgeon. And he said, after he passed the exam, he was so happy. He went to the Whitmore Hall in London and bought a ticket. And the person playing there was playing the Moonlight Sonata. So Lenin's listening to music, once again, transferred him to London in the 50s. So from there, we start off this uh, research on music reminiscence. Some, some old people, they prefer to sing. So we have songs that they, they, they enjoy singing. So maybe Joyce, when you're a youth, it'll be either the Abba or Beatles. <laughs> see, see, Joyce is laughing now because, Joyce, if you put a finger to your ear here and sear yeah. here, you hit a part of the brain called the hippocampus. The hippocampus is shaped like a seahorse. And hippocampus is the Greek word for seahorse. And that part stores all the memory, of the days when in Tanjong Katong Girls School or RGS and all, and surrounding that part of the brain is a part of the brain that modulates their mood. So we talk about, say, for my generation, the Beatles or people smile because it reminds them of their youth, the music itself, you know, the, the fun days. So that's called music reminiscence. So we yeah. use a study. And what we did in the... the study at Jurong, we have a choir, you know, people many people in Jurong they work in the factories you know, and it's quite a tough life. Now they're retired now. We brought them down for the study. We scanned the brain, MRI brain scan before, after six months, after one year, whether choir singing called neurogenesis, brain cells, and also test them on their memory. It's wonderful, you know, all these things, this improvement. It's the first study in the world done here in Singapore. My friends from Harvard and Cambridge came down to see what we're doing here. But the most important finding, I realised that the people begin to know each other. in singing must know each other, Uh, make sure that they're singing in, in, in harmony, and they begin to care for one another. So uh, in the past, they know that Mr Tan lives the second floor, second level. Mr Ahmad lives the fifth floor. But now they know each other, so they begin to mingle when they go back to uh, Jurong area. You know, so they were, the study was done at the Yong Shito Conservatory at NUS. Then they were sent back home, and then became the care for another. I think it's wonderful.
0: I see. So it's that social connectedness. That's right. That's right. right. That you right. achieve eventually. That's right. Yes. Oh, how interesting. So, Prof, you were saying that you know, like the brains doesn't stop growing right at forty, right? So when does it stop growing then? Joyce, that's a PhD question. Uh, I don't think anyone in the
1: world can answer the question. But the misconception was that at at one time when we were students, that people told us, even the lecturers told us, once you reach forty years old, the brain cells stops uh, growing. You know, and but this found to be falls, you know, the brain cells continue to grow. But this is a very important fact, which means that even listening to this radio program, your brain cells begin to grow, you know, know, and uh, people remember things and, and, and people can even reinforce new memory. In the, in the brain itself. So from there, we started our dementia prevention program. We teach people art, music, you know, even learning Tai Chi, uh, mindfulness. Uh, if there's no brain cells growing, you cannot remember, but we test them out you know, before and after the six months. You know. So that's wonderful. You know. It's a good news. If you if, if forget everything I've told you, don't forget that the brain cell can still grow.
0: So Prof, I mean, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up, like, you know, when you talk about ageing, you said a lot is how society perceives people who are ageing, right? You know, I mean, in that aspect, how can we change that? Is there something that we can do to slowly change it, even if it takes many years? I think it should start, in fact, in the
1: family, you know. Some years ago... um some RI students, they heard that I was chairman of an interview for medicine. They are quite keen, I'm supposed to do medicine. So they came to see me when they were JC. They said, um, Professor Kwa, we want to do research with you. We heard that you were doing some research on aging. So I told them that you don't have to do some high-falutin research. What I want you all to do is you go back to your school and find out in your class how many people live with their grandparents and how people don't live with grandparents. And then we find out their perception of growing old. We realize that people who live with their grandparents have a more positive uh, attitude towards people who grow older because they see their grandparents. Those who don't live with the grandparents see elderly people on television, minister visiting old people's home. Oh, this frail. So to them, that's the problem of the uh, of the government. So I think the family bonding is also very important. Right? If you don't. There's no bonding. They won't care about it. So they become more negative. So we're also doing a study because we realize that sometimes when you ask uh, students, uh, one student referred to me in my clinic, I asked him, what does your father do? Oh, my father, an engineer. Where does his work? I don't know. My mother, an accountant. Where does he work? Uh, I don't know. Don't you eat together? No. After, uh, when food comes down, we, we get uh, food from Grab. I will eat in my own room. So there's, there's the family lives gone, you know. If they can build gone together, their grandparents it'll be wonderful. So the perception will change along the way. All right. And I mentioned also, and if our people who pace the corridors of power meet old people, uh, meet them also and converse with them, not necessarily those people in the old people's home or in geriatric wards, you know, but those healthy people, and I'll allow them to talk about their, their life. So in fact, we have a program with Professor uh, Wang Gangu talking about his life, how wonderful. He inspired some of the students. Hey, this man is 92 and he's, he's, he's so clear, you know, this is a lecture. There's a lot of controversy about senior village, you know, them together and trying to push them one side or even push them to Johor Bahru, you know. But I, I don't know. I think this is part of us. We grow old and uh, we respect our elderly people. Even obsession, we having anti-aging agents, you know, all the supplement that cost a lot of money. And so people accept as grow old. We are young. We grow old one day, and the society will uh, see us in a more positive light. So more of these programs will be very good you know, for old people to to uh, talk about the program so that the novel I'll get back to you again on listening to Letters of America in fact for some people if I ask some of my my students uh, do you know have you heard of a radio program called Letters of America no it's supposed to be the longest program in the world you know, by Alistair Cook you know from, from New York he beamed to uh, the BBC at one forty five Singapore time and there are lot of people who listen my friend, Professor Tommy Cole, late President S.R. Nathan, told me he would listen every Sunday, you know, because he inspired him. And Lister Cook at that time was 92. He was tell the world about America. So that program itself, I ask some elderly people, if they can, uh, to speak on, on, on radio and talk to people about their life. You can share people, hey, this fellow is not bad. Nah? he be old and frail, but his youth, he was... Uh, commander of the uh, battalion or he was a CEO of, of SPH, whatever it is, now wonderful. That was his oh, he's old, he's frail, he's a burden to society. No, that should not be.
0: Right, we should have happy, positive role That's models. Exactly, role models. Right, right. we should right. interact more with like older people right. and then, you know, they should be part of society, right? Exactly.
1: Because right. The, the wealth experience is tremendous. They've lived through the, the war years and all that. Now, there's so much to tell people about about the ultimate resilience you of know, uh, a country. you know.
0: So just to make it more natural to just have older people around us doing all kinds of stuff, even going to a concert that you think older people might not enjoy. Yeah, uh,
1: so coming to the concert, maybe uh, someone sent me a concert that's coming up by this is Jeremy Montero. Um, but I tell them maybe some of these concert halls, one uh, has a special discount for seniors. You know, I was in a government committee some 30 years ago and I told the minister that... Uh, do you know what? I often have, because I was quite busy, if it's a good film, I'll take, take a leave one day to go and see the film. So if I go to see the film at 11 o'clock in the morning, there's absolutely nobody down there. So I said, why not have it half price or 110 for old seniors can go and watch interesting film? Uh, um, I remember the film was a uh, Gandhi or Chariots of Fire. It was mm. such an interesting film, but only one in the, the whole cinema. <laughs> so I'm glad now that there's a discount for seniors yes that's yes, right <laughs> I showed the discount for for concerts and
0: everything you know right, right, yes. right and for all kinds of, I think for for all movies and not thinking that okay older people shouldn't watch this or should listen to this music etc mm. right right but that's great thanks for your time Prof thanks for joining us on our 100th episode thank you very much Joyce welcome Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Joyce Teo. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read my articles, we have links in the podcast text description below. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg.